Hey guys, welcome to Performance Medicine Audio. This is another episode of Dictations. Um, in this conversation, we're talking again, actually, on low dose, low dose naltrexone. Uh, its different uses, uh, the difference between it and high dose naltrexone. Dr. Rogers kind of gets deep into how it all works and why. The dosing changes its use and who it's for. Uh, so this is a really interesting conversation, and it's something that we've we've built on because we've sent out a, a doctor's note on low dose naltrexone before. Um, he wanted to talk more about it because there's a whole bunch of confusion surrounding it. And uh, and once you listen to the conversation, or uh, some of you have already read the doctor's note, um, you can see why there is confusion. Um, so anyways, I hope you guys enjoy uh, this episode of Dictations and the conversation, and uh, I'll let you get to it. Thanks. Dr. Rogers, I want to start this podcast off um, by asking you kind of a simple question of what is low-dose naltrexone? Naltrexone is a drug we've used for years. It's known as an opiate antagonist. The normal way we use it is in treating addiction to opiate drugs like heroin or morphine. Um, usually when you use it for this, um, we use anywhere between 50 and 300 milligrams. So that's what's called high-dose naltrexone. Um, what it does, it kind of binds to opiate receptors. So if you're taking that drug and you use uh, morphine or heroin or any opiate, it won't give you that high. So it, it kind of gets people off of taking those medications. Um, but what we're talking about is a very different thing in treating um, different kind of autoimmune diseases, pain, even cancer, even Crohn's disease, and sometimes even um, things like um, developmental delays like autism. Um, it was really the method that we use was devised by um, a guy named Dr. Bernard Bahari. He was a physician from New York who was boarded in internal medicine, psychiatry, and neurology, so a real smart guy. But he kind of figured this thing out in that if you use a really low dose of this um, and increase it gradually over a period of weeks, then you can reduce inflammation and pain. And, uh, that's kind of how it works. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those treatments that is not going to be, um, you know, well known to a lot of people because pharmaceutical companies don't make it for this purpose. There's really, I guess, no money in it for them because it's off label, but um, it's, it's really a, an interesting, interesting drug that we use and we've had pretty good luck with it. Can, can you explain to me that gradual increase process? So like when you put a patient on it, how long are they on it for one? And then how do you, where do you start from a dosing standpoint and where do you end up um, from a dosing standpoint? Well, usually I start at one and a half milligrams. And in, after a week, I increase it to three milligrams and, if it doesn't work at that level after a month, I'll go to 4.5. Um, sometimes for uh, 
other things like Hashimoto's or chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, I'll start lower at half a milligram and increase by half milligram a week until we get to about four and a half milligrams. Again, that's still very, very low dose. Um, I just don't see bad side effects from it. Um, the, the main thing that I see with it um, could be a little insomnia. You usually give it at night um, because it can cause some vivid dreams when you first start taking it. Um, but usually it's because of the release of the endorphins that that happens. So um, if it bothers a patient too bad, I'll, I'll use it in the morning. But um, I've seen it cause a little bit of stomach upset, rarely. Um, but it really works when you use it for, for people that have cancer, you can take it at similar low doses, but you, you avoid it the week, um, before and after if they're on chemotherapy. Now that doesn't include a drug called tamoxifen, uh, for breast cancer or daily medications for prostate cancer. That that's not affected by low dose naltrexone. Um, but it, it works for pain too. I guess the, besides the multiple sclerosis, MS, that's the most common use that, that we use it for. Um, but we also use it for other, other kinds of pain conditions like uh, complex regional pain syndrome, fibromyalgia. We use it for Crohn's disease, which is a, an autoimmune disease in itself. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that you can measure too. I mean, they, they can, you can watch the, what's called a sed rate come down. You can kind of prove that it works by checking markers like a C-reactive protein or a, a sedimentation rate and see if they're decreasing as you uh, take this medication. There's been studies in fibromyalgia. I saw a recent one where they took 30 women and, um, they treated them with, uh, with fibromyalgia. And I think 57% of them reported very good results from it. And some of them may not have, have worked, but it's a very, very good treatment. So how long are these patients on it for a set period of time? Or is it something that they take, you know, as long as they want? What's your, been your protocol for it? You can take it indefinitely. Um, so most people just stay on it. Okay. Okay. And they, they stay on the dosing that works best for them. That could be four and a half milligrams. That could be two and a half. Or are they staying on it at that four and a half range? Usually staying on it around uh, three to four and a half milligrams. So sometimes you can go up as high as 10. I've never really had to do that. Okay. And, and you're basing that dosing off of the off of those markers you mentioned, the SED rate and the CRP. Right. Um, and no, really more clinical response than anything is to see how it works uh, clinically. And if you're feeling good on it and, you know, there's no problem, then we just keep them on it. Okay. Let, let me ask you just a few more questions because uh, I, I want to dig deeper into how, how it works. You, you mentioned endorphins, the releasing of endorphins. Can you explain that for our listeners just a, a bit more in depth there as to what the low-dose naltrexone is doing uh, by releasing those endorphins? Well, endorphins are kind of your body's own pain and feel-good regulators, mediators. So, you know, like 
always thought of endorphins as something that after you took a great run and you got back and after all that pain, you felt great, almost like a rest high. That's what I think of it as, as endorphins. So it's kind of your body's own way of regulating pain. Um, the body is an amazing thing. And if you can kind of help it work in the ways that it can, it, it's, it's amazing what the body can do for itself. Okay. And one last thing, will you just give me and the listeners a quick rundown? I know you've mentioned it throughout this conversation, but just a quick round rundown of, of what you're using it for the most right now. Um, using it most for Hashimoto's thyroiditis. We use it for multiple sclerosis. We use it for fibromyalgia, um, Crohn's disease, inflammatory bowel disease, um, and there's also, I haven't used it that much for autism. I don't treat a lot of autism, but, um, and you can also use it for people that have uh, cancer, you know, pain with cancer, especially. Um, so there's a lot of various uses of it and they're probably going to expand. The, the, the uses of it are going to expand as, as research comes around that sort of right. situation. There, you know, there's not a lot of, of trials going on because drug companies aren't really interested in, in making this because um, it's off label and, you know, it's not a big money maker. So anytime you have that, you don't have the pharmaceutical companies, you know, clamoring to run millions and millions of dollars worth of research into it. So um, we, you know, you can get it compounded and it's, and it's pretty inexpensive. I mean, I had a patient the other day that, um, tried it and she'd been on a $3,000 a month, um, medication for her rheumatoid arthritis, Humira, which didn't work and caused her all kinds of problems. And so she tried low dose naltrexone, which cost about 40, $45 a month. And it worked a lot better. So, um, just interesting. Well, let, let me ask you one last question, then I'll let you go. Cause I, I know it's going to come up this week. Um, are there any medications that patients are taking that they cannot take low dose naltrexone with? Yeah. I, you know, I wouldn't, anybody that's on an opiate, uh, uh like hydrocodone or a, an, an opiate pain medicine, I wouldn't use any kind of naltrexone on, on Okay. And, and that's really it though. You mentioned the, that, the cancer medications. Yeah. For that purpose, I wouldn't, but it, no, it's really not going to interfere unless you're on active chemotherapy, then we'll hold it, you know, before and after a week after you finish chemo. But um, in general, I use it more for these autoimmune diseases than anything. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that'll, that'll do us for, for this week. We're at the 10 minute mark. Uh, I'm going to let you go and uh, get on with your weekend, and, and we'll see you again next Sunday. Thanks, Ben. All right. Thanks, Dr. Rogers. See ya.